I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. All right. Well, you know, a win is a win, Joey Knight, but I think the Bucks would have liked to play better. They walk out of here at Raymond James Stadium where we're doing this podcast. 31-29 over the Dallas Cowboys. Ryan Suckup with the game-winning uh, field goal. There in the final seconds uh, from, well, I guess it was, what, uh, 36 yards, 38 yards, 36 yards. So there was drama. Uh, the the crowd of 66,000 and change uh, went went home happy. Uh, but overall, I don't think Bruce Arians or Tom Brady were very happy the way this game played out. What was it Arians said in his opening statement? I don't think you get... Any, you learn any more from a near loss than you do from a loss. We've still got a lot of work to do, and they do. There, there's some things they got to clean up, and all of a sudden they've got some real concerns in their secondary, Rick. And you know the the, the turnovers, obviously that's something you, you can't have. Penalties, which is something they cleaned up late in the year last year, came back to bite them a little bit tonight. So I, no opening night is perfect, but in, in the end, like you alluded to. Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski, Antonio Brown, all those guys gave these people what they've been waiting more than a year to see in person. They gave them their money's worth, and they had paid top dollar for it, and they went home happy. They did pay top dollar. There was a lot of Dallas Cowboy fans who paid top dollar. They were here as well. Um, listen, I, I think there was a lot of pressure on the Bucks, and I mean that in this sense, that anytime you're the Super Bowl champions and, and you can talk about how it's a new year, but we saw two, you know, 90-foot Super Bowl trophy replicas, and then the real hardware that they brought out before the game. I know the players were in the locker room, and they were focused on the game plan and on the Cowboys, um, but they wanted to shine. They wanted to shine like those trophies, and they didn't. Um, they managed to win the game, and, and that's, that was the goal. Um, but there was, there was a lot of issues out here, and, and I thought what was interesting is that when the game came right down the line, the guys that Tom Brady trusted the most – were guys he's played with maybe the most, and that's Rob Gronkowski and Antonio Brown. He didn't play long with Antonio Brown with New England, but he certainly trusts them. He got him on this team last year. Gronkowski was as good as he's been. I think he caught the most passes since he was a Buccaneer, not for the most yards. Um, eight catches, I think, for 80-something yards or so. Uh, but the two touchdowns were huge, and on the final drive, he had the big play, I thought, that the 20-yarder after a six-yard reception that really got them into field goal range. And got him out of bounds. He got out of bounds, you know, heads up play. For for the record, Rick, Rob Gronkowski, eight targets, eight catches, 90 yards. Antonio Brown, seven targets, five catches, 121 yards. And, you know, I, I asked you about this earlier. Can you be comeback player of the year coming back from your own self-infliction? <laughs> yeah. I think we may find out if he, if he keeps it up like this. But you're right, Tom leaned on the guys that he has come to trust, and that those guys include Chris Godwin, who had the ultimate redemptive tale tonight. He trusted in Chris Godwin enough to go back to him, and you saw what happened. Yeah, 
Chris Godwin fumbles at the at the two about the two yard line going in, and this game would not have been close. They would they would have gone up by a couple of scores. Uh, I think they would have comfortably run out the clock if, if in fact they had held Dallas to a field goal, which turned out to be a, a field goal that put Dallas ahead. Let's not um, let's not forget to give the Cowboys credit here. Uh, you know, this is a football team that lost their leader a year ago. Dak Prescott had not played in 333 days. He didn't play in the preseason, one of nine quarterbacks to not take a snap in the preseason. And they put everything on his shoulders in this game. He threw it almost 60 times, right? 58. 58 times. He completed 42, uh, 403 yards in three touchdowns with just the one interception, which we can talk about, which was huge. Um, but Dak Prescott stood in there. Uh, he took hits. Uh, he moved when he had to run. Uh, he didn't seem like uh, he was focused on that horrific ankle injury he suffered in week five last year. And if nothing else, um, I think Dallas made such a good accounting of themselves that you, they may end up being a division champion. We don't know what injuries and all that's going to do, but their defense was better, and they had a good game plan tonight, Joey, against the Bucks to take away the strength of their defense. Yeah, you alluded to it. You brought it up about midway through the game when we were watching it. He just really exploited the perimeter, throwing side to side, for lack of a better term, and staying away from the Bucks' strength, which is the heart of their defense, guys like Levante David and Devin White and those guys right in the middle, Antoine Winfield. So he just he exploited the perimeter, and he exploited the Bucks' secondary. It was a rough night. I, I wrote about that tonight for TampaBay.com. Jamel Dean had a really rough night, kind of being tossed into the fire after Sean Murphy Bunning went down. He got whistled for two egregious fouls on the same play he got really kind of exploited on a corner route the end zone a short corner route where Dak took a low snap should have been a botch play he picked it up set his feet and still found Amari Cooper in the corner of the end zone and Jamel Dean was right there couldn't make the play so a rough night for the uh, secondary but a resilient night because they made some plays too and about everybody, every secondary player who was in a uniform was summoned, and they came out, and, and, and a lot of them made some, some significant plays. But, you know, they've, they've got some stuff to clean up there, and they've got some concerns in the secondary going forward. This game was almost the game plan that uh, a year ago the, the L.A. Rams came in here with Sean McVay and Jared Goff, and they threw it over 50 times. And they didn't try to run the football that much. It was just a, a passing thought at best. And they did the same thing. They, they attacked the perimeter. Um, fortunately for the Bucks, they showed a little depth tonight. Look, Andrew Adams is a guy that was on this football team a year ago. He played in the NFC Championship game. He went and signed as a free agent with the Eagles. And he didn't make the team. He was cut. Uh, that was fortunate for the Bucks because Adams knows their system. Uh, certainly they trust him as a player. He went for more money. That, that makes sense. But he had been here about a week or so, and all of a sudden he sees himself you know, thrust into the lineup because of the injuries. Um, you had guys playing different positions. I mean, I'm worried about Sean Murphy Bunning. I walked out with him. He had his arm in a sling, uh, dislocated his elbow. Remarkably, and I'm not a doctor here, Joey. I, I promise you I don't know anything about dislocated elbows. But I was kind of shocked that Bruce Arians said he's going to be okay. Now, maybe that means he's going to be okay before the year's over. Yeah. Uh, the way Vita Vea was, uh, you know, maybe it, it means something different. Um, but I do know that, that that put a lot of guys in, in different positions. It put Jamel Dean on the field. 
We've seen him struggle before, but what I liked about it was he fought. You know, he, he, he got closer to the ball, and he gave up some plays, and, yeah, he had those penalties. Um, but he came back, and he also also had some plays that he made. So, I mean, all in all, you had Ross Cockrell playing in a slot position. You know, we, we have seen him primarily at safety all training camp. So if there is a weakness, and, and people have asked me this now for a year, you know, 22 starters back, uh, uh, you know, Tom Brady, uh, you know, Levante David and, and Devin White. I mean, you know, wh- where's the weakness? I think the weakness is they have a young secondary, and behind them they don't have a lot of great depth. I mean, they have players, but when your secondary is as young as this one is, I mean, Carlton Davis is the elder statesman, and he's in his fourth season. Um, so I think, you know, if they get whittled down, then Jamel Dean now is going to have to be a starter, and for – foreseeable future if they get whittled down much more that could end up being their Achilles heel and I tell you what you start thinking about the people they got rid of recently Antonio Hamilton I thought he had a good excuse me a good mini camp a good training camp it was obviously a a value on special teams he was a a late cut that kind of surprised me and of course Chris Wilcox a really fast corner who really never got a chance to to really make a statement either in uh in June or in July or August in the training camp for whatever reason. he, I think he had some, some injuries, some unspecified injuries. He never really got into a rhythm, and they cut him. So he's a guy, obviously, they had their sights on for the future. They drafted him in the seventh round, and he didn't make the team. So like you said, now suddenly they're depleted a little bit. Uh, you know, Fortunately, they got a little more depth, I think, back there in the safety with with Mike Edwards and, you know, presumably Jordan Whitehead is, is close to being back healthy. So, uh, you know, maybe in these next couple of weeks, things will stabilize a little bit, but they can't afford any more dislocated elbows. And I tell you, I, I agree with you. I was surprised. I, I thought for sure Bruce Arians was going to come out and say, yeah, didn't look good for Sean. I saw the same thing you did. It, it's not looking good at all, but he was just – uh, not not tongue in cheek, but he was like, "Yeah, I think he's going to be fine." So we'll see. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film. If only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Uh, The Bucks defense did not play up to their capabilities. A lot of tackles, not a lot of tackles for loss uh, for them. In fact, I don't see any. Or maybe there's two, I guess, on the sheet. Um, I thought Shaq Barrett played well. He had the only sack in the game for the Bucks, a 12-yard sack. Uh, he had a tackle for loss, two quarterback hits. They had seven total quarterback hits. And, again, credit Dak Prescott for standing in there um, delivering the football. But anytime you give up 450-something yards, that's a bad night. And that's not what this defense was a year ago. It's certainly what was not what it was in the postseason. Um, I, and I don't know if maybe the Dallas Cowboys, to some extent the Rams a year ago, may have, may have showed how you attack this team. Stay away from their strength. Stay away from the middle of the field. They're going to see this again. I mean, you know, the Atlanta Falcons come in here in 10 days. Um, that's a team that's not expected to do much. They have a new coach in Arthur, uh, Arthur Smith. But I, I think – 
you know, Matt Ryan's a capable uh, capable quarterback. They have capable offensive players. Uh, they're going to have to make the most improvement between week one and week two. I think offensively, Joey, they'll be okay. I didn't see anything out here that would be a big concern. In fact, if you got Tom Brady in less than two minutes and you need a field goal or a touchdown to win, you feel pretty good about it. But they've made some plays out here on offense. I'd be more worried about the defense. Yeah, I would be more a little more worried about the defense at this point for the reasons we, we spoke about. But I also think you got to give some credit to Dak Prescott. Yeah. This was his first game in Incredible. 333 days, yeah. and he looked—he spun it tonight, man. Yeah. And he's got those three receivers, two of them who just exploded tonight. Cooper and Lamb both had more than 100 yards. They combined for three touchdowns. You know, they're watching them in person tonight. They're the class of that division, at least offensively. Yeah. I don't—I don't think it's even close. So. I think they're going to be there at the end, and who knows? The Bucks may see them again. Yes, Tampa Bay has some things they need to clean up defensively, uh, probably on all levels, to be honest with you. But tip your hat to, to the Dallas Cowboys and Dak Prescott in particular. When I talked about the, the Cowboys not trying to run the ball, they didn't try to run the ball. They run it 18 times for 60 yards. That's only a 3-3 average. Ezekiel Elliott was the guy that Bruce Arians said earlier in the week, and I don't know if he was blowing smoke. Maybe he was. But he said, that's the guy I'm most worried about. You have to stop him. Well, he only had 11 attempts for 33 yards. They stopped him. He didn't run the ball very much because, again, the game plan, when you throw it 58 times in a game that you were leading until the final minute, um, that shows you that they weren't attempting to run the ball. Uh, They went away from it. But, yeah, Amari Cooper, 13 catches, 139 yards. I mean, 13 catches is a heavy work day in the NFL. Uh, CeeDee Lamb had seven for 104. You know, Dak completed balls to – you know, like seven, eight, get different different receivers all together. Uh, it, it was a it was a, a great performance, I think. And it was funny because before this game, I was marching all the national TV shows, and the the easy narrative is they're not going to repeat. It's too hard to repeat. I mean, they all but rode off. I was waiting for the Cowboys just coming here and put it on them. I'm like, what am I seeing? But you know, this showed. This game is if this is a, is is any example of what they're going to face this year, it's going to be a tough road. You know what I mean? We've already got injuries they didn't have to deal with a year ago after week one. You've got motivated teams now um, that no one's going to back down to the world champions. I think this is you know we saw an example. And, and look, I expect the Bucks to get better as they play, particularly on offense. I know they can play better than this. I certainly know they can play better on defense. But this was not the crisp, you know, display of wide-open offense that you would have expected. And yet, if you compare it to a year ago, like Tom Brady said, it sucked coming out of the out of the Dome. And they're 1-0, and and that's that's sort of what this team has to do is find ways to win and survive and, and, and move on to the next week. They are good. We know they are good. They proved it again tonight. But you also got to have some good fortune, and we've talked about that before. Yeah. And people like just as – sweep this under the rug but they had some good fortune in january and february last year they ran into the chiefs when the chiefs offensive line was decimated and patrick mahomes was running for his life green bay was a little banged up on the offensive line if i'm not mistaken and drew Brees couldn't throw downfield and todd bowles recognized that early on and made his adjustments and drew Brees really had no chance from there so you've they ran into some fortunate circumstances down the stretch. I don't like to say luck, but I believe there's a difference between 
being fortunate and being lucky. They, they had some good fortune down the stretch last year. Coming out of the gate tonight, um, I wouldn't say fortune smiled on them when you've got arguably your top cornerback with his arm in a sling, yeah. and this is just week one of 17. So that's a component of it. That's an intangible of it, and we'll see where it takes us going forward. They also got some luck in that Greg Zerline, who is normally a very reliable kicker and a guy with an extraordinary leg, um, in a game that you lose by two points, Zerline walks out of here having missed an extra point, uh, was wide left on a 31-yard field goal, um, and then I believe uh, he hit an upright uh, on one of those kicks as well. Um, So, you know, he missed from 60 yards. That's, That's not a surprise. It was... It was a little short at, at that at that point. Um, and Ryan Suckup, look, we watched Ryan Suckup this training camp. The one thing I'll say about him is, man, he's a gamer. Um, he he is not the five thirty batting practice hitter that you, that that you know is launching him into the seats and then gets in the game and goes over four. He's the opposite of that. Um, doesn't look particularly good uh, in training camp. Uh, and I know they're guaranteeing him five or six million dollars. That's why he gets paid this money. That's why, right there. When the game is on the line, we've seen it with Matt Gay, with Roberto Aguayo, with all these former kickers um, that your, your, your quarterback leads you down there in field goal range. I thought it was interesting. They got down there, and I didn't know what they were doing. They had no timeouts. Yeah. They're, they're in field goal range, 36 yards, and they're still calling plays but chucking it out of bounds. They just wanted to peel off as much time as they could off the clock. I don't think I've ever seen that before. You know, Ryan Suckup, for whatever reason, reminds me of Danny Werfel. Yeah, I, I mean they're it's both great, yeah they're both devout in their faith, but they both possess the same trait. How many times does C. Spurrier say it? You know, you see Danny out there in practice, he just <laughs> he doesn't light it up, he doesn't set the world on fire, doesn't really impress you. But you get in the game and you see what happens. Same with Ryan Suckup, he really struggled this camp. Oh man! And uh, you know Bruce Arians doesn't pull any punches, and he didn't. Yeah, Ryan Suckup really struggled, but you get him out in the game and. You know, he does this, and Bruce Arians said afterward, oh, there was never any doubt with Ryan, as if the training camp never materialized. He just knew the guy was going to go out and do what he does, which is make game winners and be consistent. And Tom Brady does what he does. Uh, As long as Tom Brady is healthy, and I thought the line protected pretty well. I don't believe he was sacked. Uh, He did take a couple of hits. There weren't anything to really uh, be uh, that upset about. He was not sacked. Um, 32 of 50. He threw it 50 times, too. By the way, not a recipe that the Bucks want to follow is, is making him drop back 50 times. Right. 379 yards with four touchdowns. The two interceptions, one was a ball that went off of Leonard Fournette's hands. Another one was a Hail Mary. Here's what surprised me about this game. They come out of here, and for all the talk about Giovanni Bernard, uh, who I thought for all the world would be the difference in their offense, particularly for Brady, who needed that, that reliable receiver, he did not play a lot, and when he did play, he didn't play that great. He had uh, three targets, two catches for 12 yards, as long as it was in eight yards. But one of those interceptions, we saw Rojo uh, drop a ball. We saw one bounce off Fournette's hands. They're still not good receivers. That element has to be ironed out. They have to find a way uh, to get Bernard in the game. I know, you know if you restrict him to third down, then you're throwing to other running backs. But uh, wasn't it looked a lot like last year. Um, in that sense. And so there's something that they had some meat on the bone where they can, you know, as they move forward, they got to get this guy incorporated into their offense so things aren't as hard as they've been uh, in this first week. That's something that we'll try to get more answers from Bruce Arians on 
you know, as late as as early as later today. At one point, I think through three quarters, Rick, Fournette and Jones had combined for two turnovers and Bernard had zero targets. So they had twice as many turnovers as Bernard had targets. Both of his catches were on the final game-winning drive. One was for four yards, one was for eight yards. That's really the first time we saw him. He got targeted once before earlier in the game. We saw him go in motion a couple times and like in the slot and then line up in the backfield, but the ball wasn't thrown to him. Before that final drive, he had one target on the night, and that's the heralded free agent that was going to add another dimension to the offense as a guy who can catch a ball out of the backfield. So we'll try to get answers on why he was mostly invisible later on, perhaps as early as today. Yeah, we'll have a chance to talk to Bruce Arians at 1230 um, later later this afternoon, just a few hours as it, as it turns out. Um, what do you think about seeing, you know, look, COVID aside, whatever your feelings are about it, people are under certain protocols. Hopefully you are vaccinated. I, I don't know if it's if you're, if people are comfortable or uncomfortable. I know they got 66,000 people in here. Um Football was back. It was back in college. You saw, uh, you know, whether it was Camp Randall and, and jump around in the third quarter or, or anywhere else uh, over the last week uh, with fans. I think especially with college football, the pageantry is what we missed. Um, but this building hasn't been so, uh, this alive really going back almost 20 years to the other Super Bowl team. Um, what do you think about the crowd, about the, the atmosphere at Raymond James, how different – uh, has it been? And, and I guess it won't be long before Gator fans will be in here and USF will be playing and they'll have another packed house in Raymond James probably. I thought it was magical, Rick. And I think it's something that the community needed just for its psyche. I, I'm a vaccinated person and I had no problem being here tonight and I, I, I just love what I saw. It was reassuring. Mm-hmm. COVID is still with us and it's probably going to be with us for a while. Um, it's it's a forced to be reckoned with. I believe in, you know, you don't fear any opponent, but you respect every one of them. It's formidable and I respect it and it's here. But to to see this tonight, just to see this place packed was reassuring. It, it gives you hope. And it turned out to be a, a magical night. Bull had not been privy to something like this in person in more than a year. And they hadn't been privy to an ending like this by the home team in God knows when. So it's, it's just something that, that I think just lifts up this community. It, it was good for the community. It lifts its psyche. It, it's reassuring. And we're not at normalcy yet, but it, it's a little indicator of, hey, this was, this was a normal night. It was a magical night, and it was great. Going to be a fun season for the Bucs. Uh, they have a good football team. Anything can happen. We've talked about it. That's why it's so hard to repeat. Um, we saw some injuries tonight. There'll be more next week they just got to hope that they don't have the catastrophic ones uh you know i think tom brady will be better uh covid is a problem because now uh, bruce arians was upset you know that uh, not so much that they now have a, an extra sort of mini bye week it's sort of a gift to the players they were healthy coming in they weren't on a short week they play a thursday night game now you get 10 days before your next game that'll help them heal up a little bit um but it's almost too much time off because guys when they're not in the facility going to work, going home every day, then they can be out there. And, and I think it's going to be a story in this league. It might be with this team. But for the first night, for the opening uh, game, uh, the Super Bowl champions, they win the game. 
It was a close one. It was entertaining. I, I want to go back and watch it, not as somebody who covered it, but just as a fan. All I remember from this night, Joey, is what that crowd looked and sounded like when Ryan Suckup made that field goal. And, and that hopefully was worth the price of, of all the admission uh, that these guys had. So we'll have a chance to talk tomorrow to Bruce Arians at around, or today actually, uh, to Bruce Arians at around 1230 in just a few hours. Uh, we're going to cut this podcast a little bit short because, quite frankly, it's the middle of the night. But for Joey Knight and Steve Versnick, our producer, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great night, everybody. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.